It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can say a lot about Dan Snyder, but you can't say that he knows how to quit while he's behind. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. And we're doing it free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app for your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host is Chris the Rooster Russell, part of the Russell and Medher Show on the Team 980, live Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to to noon Eastern time or anytime on the Odyssey app, and a writer for the Command Post, a subscription-based service. Absolutely. Coming up, David is in Indianapolis at the annual Scouting Combine and was part of a group of reporters that were able to talk to head coach Ron Rivera, the Washington Commanders. What did he say? And why don't we believe all of it, perhaps? Uh, That's coming up. But first, uh, also, in addition, I should say, the Commanders make an expected decision a little bit early. But why? But, David, we start with the Dan Snyder volcano, which is just Mount Eruptus. It's boiling over, and it feels like an avalanche of doom. Um, This is what I talked about, my friend, privately and publicly, the 24-hour period from, let's just say, Monday afternoon, and it started way before that, really dating all the way back to last week. But the 24-hour period... Uh, including Carson Wentz and Bobby McCain getting released and team statements issued at 10.15 following a Washington Post report. And then you wake up on Tuesday morning, and again, you're in Indianapolis, so I don't know when you were able to see it, but I know it happened when I was driving to Washington, D.C. on Tuesday morning to do my radio show. All of a sudden, Don Van of ESPN drops an absolute, again, hurricane of epic proportions on us. Mm. And I mean, there's a lot of details. We're not going to be able to go over it, but basically here's what you need to know. Dan Snyder, apparently, according to federal authorities, according to Van and ESPN, took out a $55 million loan without the required approval of his former team co-owners, Dwight Sharp, Bob Rothman, and FedEx Fred, Fred Smith. And that has him in hot water, not only with them, but also with the feds. Yep. Uh, I mean, the more the more we look into Dan Snyder, the more dirt you just you're just fine. The thumbnail for today's episode says Dan keeps digging because yeah, Dan just just keeps on digging. There's not enough mud for Dan Snyder apparently to get himself into. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's just it, it's just it's just again, it's just more of of the same, and it's more of a reason why the, this league needs to just move on. And I mean, honestly, at, at the end of the day, like what the NFL needs to understand is like he is so dirty at this point in time. And again, all these are whatever allegations until they're proven and everything else, but he's getting dirt on them. And I mean, I, I, you know, there's not like, there's not a whole lot of fans out there sitting there saying, man, look at my billionaire owner and how great of a person this is anyway. But you know, I mean, this is a whole different level 
uh, of disgusting. And, and I will tip my cap, at least to the National Basketball Association, something that they do a lot better than the National Football League. Does. Well, two things they do a lot better is connecting with the youth audience of their of their brand. And number two is getting rid of dirtbag owners. Uh, Dan Snyder has done at least 10, 12 different things that would have gotten an NBA owner ousted for just doing the one thing, let alone doing all these things. And we're still sitting here doing this dance about what does Dan want and what does Dan think and who does Dan want to do this with and who doesn't he want to do this with. And it's just, it's ridiculous that the, that the NFL owners, I mean, honestly, it shows the entitlement. They feel they understand, honestly, they're not wrong. So I mean, it's like they understand that the NFL is so powerful in today's American society mm-hmm. that even this really doesn't do anything to their bottom line. They're going to be just as rich next year as they were this year, and they were richer this year than they were the year before. Even with a guy like this continuing to do the, these things and staying uh, or, and not being forced to sell his franchise, like this is it's it's ridiculous. Man. Yeah, I, I said on Twitter the other night, uh, maybe it was Monday night. I can't even remember. It, it's slimy protecting slimy, right? And, and and Dan is more and worse than slimy quite honestly, from all of his business practices. And again, I want to be clear. He treated me with respect, right? Uh, We had pleasant conversations. He never did anything wrong with me. So this isn't an ax to grind or anything like that. This is just the truth. You see it almost every day with all of his business practices and all of his activities. And again, there is no greater uh, maybe consequence than the decision he made to again, take a $55 million loan. And oh, by the way, not bother to tell his business partners about it against the bylaws of the of essentially the team's constitution of the shareholder agreement, right? Um, so again, we can talk about a lot of different things and what he does, what he doesn't do, what he's represented on the field, off the field. Uh, again, terrible uh, practices, terrible things that he's allegedly done to people, so on and so forth. But David, think about this, right? You know, we've spent a lot of the last however long, saying, hey, you know, is there an end in sight to the Dan Snyder era? When can this team move on? It might move on with not only Dan Snyder eradicated, but maybe Dan Snyder in handcuffs. Think about that. And I I I told you last November, I know we had this conversation. As soon as I found out that the federal authorities, the federal government was involved and threw their hat into this ring, in the Eastern District of Virginia, which, you know, for those that aren't kind of aware of the Alexandria area, that type of thing. As soon as the feds got involved, I said, oh, and I know yeah. I said it here and, and we talked about it. I said, that is really bad for Dan because the feds don't get involved unless there's a reason specifically to get yeah. involved. David, I think we found out on Tuesday what that reason was. Yeah, I mean, look, and there's a couple of things there, right? So, like in law enforcement, like there, there, there are people who need to get taught. There need to be, there are people who need to be corrected, and there are people who need to be arrested. And mm-hmm. if a guy needs to be arrested, well, then go do the arresting. Like that's the bottom line. If a guy shows you he needs to be arrested, go do the arresting and and take care of your business. But the other side of this thing is like the 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 ridiculous nature of this whole situation. Like because Dan Snyder just is is just incessantly trying to fight every and every little thing. Like I'm pretty sure at this point in time, if somebody were to be like, I went to elementary school with Dan Snyder and he copied off my spelling test, he would put out an official statement saying that absolutely did not happen and it was completely inaccurate and maybe even file a lawsuit against that person for slander. <laughs> like it, the, the amount of ridiculous, and then the thing that he doesn't understand, which is amazing that he succeeded in business as much as he has to get to this point in his life is when you pull on a thread, 
and that thread comes loose, right? And you find a deficiency. People continue looking for more deficiencies because that one deficiency leads to another and leads to another and leads to another. So your best opportunity, like if you know, like, first of all, don't be dirty. But if you know you're dirty, like, dude, like if you know mm -hmm. what else is to be found, step up and say, okay, like, you know what? You got me, guys. You know what I mean? And inside your own head, you're like, you got me for this, but you ain't get me for all that. You got me here. Let me pay my penance here. Let me do my thing. Here's my official apology. Here's my lawyers paying all these fines and doing all these things and draft draft picks go away. Okay. Oh, hey, sorry, guys. You got me. Don't worry. I'll behave now. And you know what? People stop looking like to be, like to be completely honest. Like at, at a certain point, people stop looking. Mm -hmm. But because you continue, like you just stand up and say, like, no, you're wrong. I didn't do this. Like, oh, we didn't. You didn't do this. OK, well, how about this? Well, how about this? People are going to keep and continue looking because you keep continuing to try to get away. And not only do you keep trying, but you keep getting away with stuff. I want to know who runs this bank, because when my oldest daughter turned 18, like pri prior to that, we had her on an account with us because she's a minor. And that's how USA does it to deposit her paycheck so she can have access to her paycheck, have a debit card, do her online shopping, whatever she wants to do with her money. And when she turned 18, we called her like, Hey, she's 18. She's an adult. Now take the parents off the account mm -hmm. and just make it her own account. We couldn't do it. Yeah. Like Chris, my daughter has a bank account with a different bank because they couldn't figure out how to do this. But Dan Snyder got a 50 plus million dollar loan that he's not supposed to have. Well, like, how, like, make it make sense. No, no. Everything you just said there is, is like how normal people operate. But that's just the problem. I, I would I would get first of all, Bank of America was a corporate partner of the Washington NFL franchise. I don't know if they still are. I know they were for a long time. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, you know, when you're dealing with a man as powerful as Dan Snyder and lawyers and whatnot, and financial people, you know, you're dealing with heavy hitters. So maybe the same, and I don't know this, maybe the same, you know, sort of like proof and, 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 and business practices don't always exist. I, I don't know if they yeah. do, because that's maybe the only way that I can wrap my head around the fact that Bank of America gave him the money without, again, the written approval of Dwight Shar, Bob Rothman, and FedEx Fred, Fred Smith. That's the only way I could do it. The problem is, is Dan may have thought, I can get away with this. I can do it. They won't notice. They won't see. And then there's all sorts of other accusations about, you know, paying himself to advertise the team logo helmet on his on his plane as advertising and salary and all these business expenses that were personal expenses and na 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 da 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 da. -da. Dan thought his, you know what, number two didn't stink and that he could get away yeah. with anything. And he probably manipulated people that wanted to do business or thought, eh, he's an NFL owner. He's good. We can give him the $55 million loan. Nobody yeah. can, no skin off of our back. It's not illegal per se to do. He's got to deal with that. But maybe that's the kind of thought process when you get into these big circles of trust and power and, and, and quite honestly, ego. And that's maybe yeah. what lands him in ultimately this situation, David, there's so much more that we have to obviously get through uh, that we're going to have to get through, get to as as we go along, because this story continues to change and it continues to change literally uh, by the hour. But we have other important stuff like Ron Rivera speaking in Indianapolis on Tuesday. Did he actually say anything? David was there. He had a ringside seat for old Ronnie. Uh, to spew whatever he wanted to spew. We'll get to David's firsthand view of that, plus the House of Pain gets paid. Today's episode of Locked on Commanders 
is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. You know, it is more than the midway point of the NBA season, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So if you want the bonus bets, maybe you should bet on, oh, I don't know, the Lakers, who are now going to have to do it without LeBron James after that amazing 27-point-plus Come back on Sunday in Dallas. Now LeBron's going to miss a couple of weeks because of a foot injury. So you bet on the Lakers, you lose, and you get the no-sweat first bet back up to $1,000. That's how you do it. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Now you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, uh, and everything in between. And so many more exclusive bets. Why don't you try a two-by-three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. It's all available for you on FanDuel Sportsbook. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks for being with us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast, and thanks for making us your first listen and watch of the day. David Harrison is with us from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Coming up, a major shakeup on the coaching staff and why one move is really interesting and potentially important, at least in my eyes. We'll see how David feels uh, about it. But first, David, before we get to Ron Rivera, and you were with him on Tuesday afternoon in Indy, Deron Payne got the franchise tag officially on Tuesday. Uh, it's going to cost the team just shy of $19 million. I think we all expected this, but what does it really mean? Um, and here's why I asked that. They were the first NFL team, I believe, to do it a full week ahead of the deadline. Does that signify anything to you, or is this just standard operating procedure in your eyes and fully what you expected? Uh, fully expected him to get the franchise tag. Didn't really have an expectation on when he would get the franchise tag, but basically what it means is everything that we've been saying for the entirety of the offseason. At least I've been saying. I think we're in agreement here. Deron Payne is going to be a Washington commander for 2023. He's not going to be a Washington commander in 2024. He's going to go somewhere else. He's going to get paid probably because even if he only comes back with like eight, nine sacks or even seven sacks, like unless he comes in below seven sacks, people are going to look at that that 2022 season and be like, okay, seven or eight sacks. Well, people kind of knew he was coming. We can do a little bit more with him and unlock some more with him. And so they're going to pay him like he's going to get paid. And I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for Duran uh, getting his back, but you know, he's going to get paid this year. It's a lot of money. You know what I mean? It's not a lot of security, but it's a lot of money. And uh, you know, he appears to be a young man who's smart with his money. I don't know his finances, but uh, I don't, I don't, you know, he doesn't walk into the locker room with millions of dollars of chains around his neck. So I assume that he's uh, he's he's at least somewhat smart and frugal type of guy, um, and you know I'm happy for him. Uh, it's it's a good moment. You know it's never bad news to get told you're getting paid 19 million dollars uh, to do your job. But I also understand that he wants long term security. He'll get that next year with a different team. 
Yeah. Uh, so here's here's kind of why I asked that question. I understand exactly what 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 you were just talking about, and I think by and large we are in agreement uh, on that. I can't guarantee that he's going to be with a different team in 2024, and neither can you. I don't think. But no, I can't guarantee it. Absolutely no. That's just right, what I think is happening. We both yeah. believe. But here's yeah. here's I guess maybe the reason. Two reasons jumped out to me, and I'll bounce them off of you. One, we all know that the owner. Dan Snyder reportedly has a cash flow problem and he's got many other problems. So in order to come up with a long-term deal before the franchise tag deadline, before free agency, even in July before the deadline, they've got to come up with a big old bag of cash. We're talking about at least 55 or $60 million in fully guaranteed upfront funds, depending on structure, of course. But basically, you're going to have to guarantee probably at least that much to Deron Payne to get him to sign on a five-year deal. Now, maybe if it's a three-year deal, certainly it's a little bit less. You know, we'll, we'll get to that. But that's number one. I don't know if the owner has that liquid cash, those liquid assets, and therefore has given Ron Rivera approval. And I know Ron was asked about that, so uh, we can get back to that um, when we talk about Ron just coming up here in a sec. The other thing was, David, it struck me, like, Again, I think first NFL team to actually put the franchise tag on more than a week before the deadline. To me, it signifies that they're not close on a long-term deal. Like no. maybe they want to pay Duran 18 million, and I'm just shooting out a number per year with the requisite guarantees. And maybe Duran and his agent want 22 million a year. And they looked and said, Well, listen, we have a cash flow issue. We have uh all sorts of other things going on. We mm -hmm. have their you know, entrenched in the sand on their side. We're entrenched in the sand on our side. We're too far apart. We might as well just get this over with and lock in the fee. Now, I'm not saying I know that for sure, but that's what the first thing I thought of. And that's what makes sense in my mind. The other thing is that we have to wonder about is, does Duran sign the franchise tag tender? And therefore, does he participate in any of the OTAs? Remember last yeah. year, he showed up to all of them, but he didn't really participate in them. I don't even know if Duran's going to sign the franchise tag tender. And if he doesn't, they can rescind the franchise tag. And also if he doesn't, he, he can't, he can't practice or he, not that that's the end of the world, but he can't yeah. practice. I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to look at a holdout situation with Duran. You know what I mean? I imagine probably similar to last year, like he'll do some of the position drills and some of the, mm -hmm. some of the sled work and all that stuff, but he's not going to do the right. full team practice just to protect his health. You know what I mean? And that's not a negative, like, you know, uh, people have to remember and we'll remind them when the time comes, like some of this stuff is voluntary. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, they're working out and yeah, there's a lot of dudes out there, but they're out there because they're volunteering to be out there. And, and I don't blame Duran Payne for wanting to protect his his safety uh, as much as possible in a situation like this, because you are you're basically telling them like, look, you know, we appreciate you and you're good enough to pay you almost 20 million dollars for a season. But, you know, that's that's the fiscal responsibility of the team. You know, the defense defensive line is incredibly important. But you can't dump $40 million into two guys on the defensive line and expect to put together a winning, uh, mm -hmm. consistently winning team for longer than just one season. They can they can swallow that this year on the salary cap, try to work out some other deals with some other guys, get some more draft picks in here, uh, and then next year hope to be able to replace him with a combination of Federia Mathis and some other guys, maybe some scheme shifts and and all those things. So it's it's you know, I, I don't take the the franchise tag and Duran situation as a, as an insult. It's just you happen to play with Jonathan Allen, who's you know one of the best, not the best interior defensive lineman in the National Football League, not named Aaron Donald for the last you know two or three years at least. 
So, I mean, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. And these two former Alabama guys are both going to go get paid and both be very wealthy men. And then Fidari Mathis, if, if he gets everything he wants, is right up. You know, he's, he's, his time's coming up too. All right. Ron Rivera spoke today, or I should say Tuesday at the scouting combine. You were there, one of the few reporters uh, that were there. So I'm going to let turn this over to you. I heard a lot of bah, 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 and not a lot of substance. What did you take? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of coach speak. You know what I mean? He was asked some things and, and uh, you know, a, a lot of the reporters that are there, a lot of the media members that are there don't see him every day or don't cover the team on a day-to-day basis. So they kind of want, you know, there, there's some repeat things, some things that we've already kind of asked and answered with, with Ron Rivera. And then off to the side uh, afterwards, you know, he was asked again, kind of, you know, why, why the release of Bobby McCain. And that was something that I was interested in too, because I really wanted to hear the answer. And he, you know, emphatically talked about uh, the youth and the position and the guys that they already have um, outside of Bobby McCain and kind of how impressive they were. Now, I don't think it necessarily takes the position off the board for the Washington commanders, but if you listen to some of the draft experts, like the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, a lot of these safeties really convert, you know, kind of project to be nickels, in the National Football League. And I, and I look at the safety from Alabama specifically, and he's a guy that I look at that some people have said, you know, maybe the commanders will draft him. But to me, he doesn't do anything that your starting safeties don't already do. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of a question mark that they've got to, uh, to be able to answer. But, you know, the Bobby McCain release, again, not something I was surprised about just specifically for the person, but kind of the timing of it, I thought was interesting. But basically he said that, you know, they're kind of trying to kind of do – these guys are solid. It's like, like Bobby now has the opportunity to kind of work deals and talk to people. And, you know, they're not going to hold him until right before the NFL draft and potentially work him out of uh, opportunities in the league. And I think that's the stand up thing to do for a guy. If you know, he's not part of your future, go let him be a part of somebody else's future uh, and give him as much time as possible to do. it. Yeah. And, and I think Ron did uh, allude to that, you know, but with both yeah. he and Carson Wentz and, uh, you know, that is a nice thing for them to do. If you know you're moving on, you know you're moving on. And uh, like yep. you said, some of those young guys really pushing, including Percy Butler and, of course, uh, yep. Cam Curl and Derek Forrest and, and Jeremy Reeves even uh, in that mix and quarterback, a completely different uh, situation. Uh, David, the commanders made some coaching staff moves on mm-hmm. Tuesday, some that we kind of thought, some that were different, some official and then they made one really interesting designation and title that I want to bounce off of you because I think it's interesting and I think it's important. We'll do that coming up next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot of news and a lot of notes coming out of Indianapolis this week here at the uh, 2023 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana, and the players haven't even gotten to work yet. Wednesday morning, we get our first crack at talking to some of the players, and then Thursday afternoon, they will get on the field uh, and commence their workouts. But, uh, you know, we don't know who the players are going to join the Washington Commanders yet, Chris, but we do know that there have been some moves made on the staff. The Washington Commanders announcing uh, a new 
quarterback coach and, and the movement of court, former quarterback coach now Ken Zampezi uh, will move to the role of senior offensive advisor and game manager. And I know that you have uh, some thoughts on that. Brett Wieselmeyer has also been promoted to defensive backs coach. Richard Rogers has been promoted to the role of senior defensive assistant and safeties coach. Coach and Christian Garcia has been promoted to the role of assistant defensive backs and nickel coach. So a lot of uh, hybrid position coaches. And I mean, really like the NFL teams, like every year they're expanding their coaching rosters by, by a couple of positions. Uh, so a lot of young coaches are in some experience, Richard Rogers, not, not as young as some of the others, but getting some opportunities to, to get a little bit deeper in there. Right. And we should also point out they haven't hired a new wide receivers coach to replace um, uh, to replace uh, Drew Terrell, who they're losing to the Arizona mm-hmm. uh, Cardinals. But they plan to interview a couple of guys while in Indianapolis. So maybe we'll get news of that uh, coming up. But yeah, the one that I mean, obviously, Tavita Pritchard, the former offensive coordinator of Stanford and now the quarterback coach here jumps out because he's new and because he's Eric Bieniemy's true hire. Ron talked about how he he and and Bieniemy kind of think alike, operate alike, what have you. Pro, worked in a pro style offense. It wasn't a very successful offense at times at Stanford. He was going to be demoted anyway uh, by the new coaching, so on and so forth. So that's an interesting one, and maybe we'll dig deeper a little bit into that in the coming uh, days. But for me, David. Uh, and this is what I wanted to bounce off of you. They fired Jim Hostler, the senior offensive advisor, the last two years, yeah. uh, but they replaced him with Ken Zampezi, who was the former quarterbacks coach. So Zampezi stays in the organization. But what was interesting to me, not that, but they added a game management role to yeah. his title. Now, that could take on a bunch of different things. But you know, and I know, and the fans know, that this team struggled significantly in game management, timeout usage, um, challenges, clock management, especially at the end of the first half when everybody thought they should be more aggressive and they were very conservative and afraid to make a mistake. Those three areas really jump out to me, David, as three areas of significance that this team was poor at last year. And you can make an argument it was before last year, but really last year. Do you think moving Zampezi from on the field and with the quarterbacks to that sort of role can be a significant boost? Or do you think it's just kind of like, yeah, wake me up. I'll I'll, I'll see it when I see it. Uh, I mean, it it could be either. You know what I mean? It really, it really, at the end of the day, boils down to how much Ron is going to listen to him. And you assume that he's, he puts him in the position because he's going to listen to him. And and that doesn't mean he's just going to do everything that Coach Zampezi says to do, but so that he trusts his judgment. He, he trusts the way that he sees the game. And, you know, he might have an analytics book in front of him or something with a whole lot of charts and numbers and go for it here and don't go for it there and, and all that stuff. But also just a guy who can maybe sit in a, in a position to be able to say really quick, like if you're if you're like, so, you know, Ron, you look at head coach, I mean, his job is literally everything. Every single thing that happens on the football team, football field, practice field, locker room, every, you know, press conference, it's his responsibility. So he's got kind of a wide scope lens, you know, on this entire operation. But if you're Coach Zampezi, you're literally your literal job is to look for challengeable situations, clock management. So as we're getting into that middle quarter, you know, the last seven minutes of the first half, the first seven minutes of the second of the second half, like how 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 do we want to approach this? How do we want to attack that? And it's my job now as Ken Zampezi. It's not my job to worry about the first quarter. It's not my job to worry about the the second half of the third quarter. It's my job to worry about that middle quarter. And as a ball is sailing through the air and going to the sideline, I need a look. 
Is this thing going to be bobbled? Is this thing not going to be bobbled? Like that's my pure focus. So if I'm good at that and I can prevent myself from just watching the ball or looking at the quarterback looking pretty, throwing the ball through the air, and I can focus on what my job is, which is identifying those things quickly and efficiently, then yeah, it can absolutely be valuable. Uh, yeah, and not only that, and and maybe again, Ron will trust more what he's getting from Zampezi because you know he 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 brought Zampezi here. Mm-hmm. But also, again, think about all of the wasted timeouts. Like, I wonder if under Bienemy and with Zampezi up in the booth, right, and not having per se a direct coaching role, if they're going to say, you know, with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter, because we saw plenty of blown timeouts, if the 11 minutes to go in the third quarter, you know what, even though it's third and eight and it might go to third and 13, we're better off taking a delay of game here as opposed to timeout one, which is going to come back and haunt us when we're in a death match late in the fourth quarter. You see where I'm getting at? So Mm -hmm. I think these areas, because they have not had anybody in name and title in this role, I think this role, this title, if it means what I'm interpreting, and I could be wrong, I'd like to ask Ron when we get, you know, when, when I get a chance, I think this role can help them in some really, 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 really nuanced areas that they were falling consistently short in. And Ron talks about the numbers and the analytics and the guard, the the guide and the charts and all that. Remember, you know, he went for two when he probably shouldn't have in Detroit. And there was another controversial decision. I forget what game it was. There was all sorts of things this year, David. It's Mm -hmm. a lot to manage and a lot to get right. And he needed help. No, it really is. You know what I mean? I wouldn't blame any coach for putting that that type of a person in that position. I mean, even just looking at the play clock, you know what I mean? Like you see a lot of delay of games, especially after like big plays because people are busy celebrating and then they're, you know, talking, okay, well, what's next? We go. It's almost like a sudden change situation where you go from like second and two on your own 35 to now your first and 10 on their 23. Well, you really weren't necessarily planning for that to be kind of the next play. So now your brain has kind of catch up to where your field position is. And, you know, there are kind of some certain circumstances. Uh, you know, now you have a coach like Ken Zampezi. I don't know. You know, I assume he's going to have like a checklist for every single play. And if I were hiring a game manager, checklist number item number one would probably probably be to make sure that the play clock is set. You know, and if an official, re- you know, forgets to reset the play clock or if it needs to get reset oh. again, now I'm calling down the headset to Ron Rivera. Hey, they didn't reset the play clock. And now Ron can go out there and say, hey, you didn't reset the play clock without ever having to look at the play clock because – He's worried about all these other things. Like, so a game manager can be really valuable if they have the right procedures in place. And, and like I said, that's something just watch football. And I mean, you see time after time and people will point out on social media, they never reset the play clock. Well, now you have a guy whose literal job it can be to make sure that number one, that play clock is set. Number two, look, you got Eric Bieniemy who's never run his entire offense. You know, that, that headset turns off at 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Hey coach, you know, you're, you're at, you're at 25 seconds. Hey coach, you're at 20. Coach, you're at 17. You know what I mean? And now we can we have a management system in place to help us get all these things, uh, you know, moving efficiently and flowing smoothly so that people aren't getting lost in the moment and everything's under control. Uh, those are some good points, some extra additives that I didn't even think about. So glad we uh, had this discussion. Again, I think it's an important hire or move or transaction, something that'll get lost in the wash, but I think something of note that is important. All right. 
We will be back. We want to thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. Come on back for the next episode. David will continue along from the scouting combine in Indianapolis. What, what do we have? Martin Mayhew coming up. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we got O-linemen or not O-linemen. We got defensive linemen and linebackers at the podium tomorrow. We also have Martin Mayhew uh, currently scheduled for 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Okay. I think one, it's either one or two. And the, the commanders, I believe, will be streaming it on their Twitter profile. Okay, so you'll have reaction to all of that uh, from yeah. Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine, and we'll reconvene together before the end of the week. Now make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, especially important this week with the Scouting Combine, Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez providing in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to hop in, it's Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com or send a DM. Twitter at LO Commanders. That's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans. Thanks again for joining us. For my partner, David Harrison, who's live in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine, and check him out on SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country, uh, where he is writing about the Washington Commanders and the Scouting Combine in general. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medher Show on the Team 980, and always live and free on the Odyssey app. We'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.